0: Welcome to 10,000 foot view podcast where you can find tools, ideas and insights from some of the best performers from the field of business, art, sports, entertainment, coaching, neuroscience and much more that will give you the perspective you need to break through and unlock the next level in your mindset, creativity, business and life. This is Monjyoti, the host of this podcast. I have an obsession for deep transformation and I'm on a mission to help professionals and individuals unlock their true potential in life and business in a way that maximizes their overall sense of aliveness. Let's talk a little bit about uh, your spiritual journey, spirituality, how does spirituality tie tie into your work, what you do?
1: I mean, I think my, my work is rooted in spirituality, you know, I've called my business public love enterprises for a reason, because I think, for me, spirituality is really about love. And I think we have a very, a very a naive misunderstanding of love. A lot of the time, Mm. you know, we see it as this kind of romantic or like kind of friendly thing. We see it as like tolerance or condoning things. And we see it as a little bit passive as a noun, And I don't think that's what love is, you know, I think love is one of the greatest tools of transformation we have in this world. I think love is active, it's a verb, it's does not condone uh, intolerance, you know, I think it rises up. And so I think when we can, for me, looking at spirituality, as to how can it be more loving, then the idea becomes, well, how am I more loving to myself? How am I more loving in my body? How am I more loving in my community? And what would love Mm. look like as a public good? What would love look like in our public spaces, you know, Mm. in our workplaces, Mm. in our politics? How Mm. transformative could that be if we actually had a deeper and better understanding of the term love?
0: Absolutely. I think many of us know that love is very powerful, probably the most powerful force in the world for any change that you want to make. But I think what many, many of us are asking is, how do we love when it's hard Mm. right when it's hard it's a good question right when it's hard um because even when it's hard love is still the answer isn't it
1: yeah i think you know from a collective point of view there's you know whole beautiful movements you can look back on that actually use love very kind of quite well um, into their movements. You can look at Martin Luther King and the civil rights movement, the philosophy of nonviolence. You can look at Gandhi and India. There's so many spaces you can go back to that has love kind of in a message there. But mm. for us, you know, and those were not easy situations to use the idea of love as a force right. for social change. Right, right, right. Not at all. Yeah. But even for us as individuals, how do we love when it's hard? I think it's about coming back to a practice. It's about knowing what love is. It's about yeah. understanding that love isn't saying this is okay. Love isn't the easy decision. Sometimes love is the hard decision. Yeah. I think it's about creating a sense of stillness and space within us to explore what mm. love is actually asking in this moment. Mm. And that mm. anger is not the opposite of love, right? Grief is not the opposite of love. Like you can be angry, you can be mad, you can be full of loss and still have love as a container around that. Right. Yeah. So understanding that the opposite of love is, is not rage, it's not this kind of bitterness, it is actually, it's more indifference, it's apathy. So the mm-hmm. more that we can kind of connect into whatever emotion it is that we're feeling, look at why we're feeling it, honor that emotion, and then ask us again, like create that sense of stillness, what does love do? It's just such a corny quote, but such a powerful thing as well, mm-hmm. if we really think about it. That's no, how powerful
0: stuff are actually corny i think i know
1: right that bumper stick is for a reason
0: (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. so i think um so we are all spiritual beings and we are all connected right and i think love is a spiritual need that's because we are connected Uh, no matter who it is we are actually connected at the at an invisible level and when when we honor that truth it can it tends to have a transformative transformative effect Although it's counterintuitive, you know, although you might have other issues going on at the moment, you know, you might be full of rage, you might be, you know, going through frustration. Um, that's a very human thing to happen. But uh, if you could uh, tap into that truth somehow, yeah, tap into that space, I think that's the beginning of uh, real transformation. Right? Yeah. I agree. I
1: agree. agree. So it's creating that stillness first. I think until, you know, love is complicated, right? When Especially when we, we don't have that sense of safety within ourselves to love ourselves. So it is a practice, right, right, it is right, an right, ongoing right. practice that we need to return to, to, to actually ask ourselves, can I love this? It you know, starts with loving
0: yourself, isn't it?
1: I think it does. But it, it also, it's also not exclusive. I think as well the idea that we can't love anything else until we love ourselves is right, also a right, little right, bit right, problematic. Right yes. But you know Michael Stone has a a meditation teacher has a wonderful line at the end of his meditations that I love every time that says, you know, sometimes our enlightenment asks us to love things that seem impossible to love. And yeah. I, that for me is such a space to work with. How do you love the impossible? And that's what you're asking. How do you love when it's hard?
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so I think Finding those practices of stillness give us somewhere to work with so that it's not just up here it's not just in our heads it's not just a nice fancy thing that I say I love you but like really tapping in what do I feel right now you know can I honor that can I move through that and can I figure out what love would do
0: right yeah that's powerful um let's talk about how we can connect more with our bodies because uh, many of us we tend to live in our heads as a way of life and i think because of our culture and the cultural practices and what the culture encourages it's easy to make um, this space up here our home right but it's not very healthy and not very sustainable for various reasons so can you talk a little bit about that
1: yeah you know so exactly as a culture we're very much encouraged to live neck up you mm. know because and especially if you're somebody who experiences chronic stress or burnout i can almost guarantee you you're not very connected to your body right and i say that from my own experience as well i was very disconnected from my body for like you know a good 30 years and it was a real learning curve to reconnect and to actually realize oh my god i have these sensations and yes. these feelings and all of these like, things that are happening mm. but connecting to our body is about connecting to a different compass so if we're stressed and burnt out, usually our body's not a very comfortable place to be. It's full of niggles mm-hmm. and like tension and tightness. We've got like, a little bit of back pain and like our jaw is tight. And you know who wants to be present for that? Okay, so it kind of makes sense in a way that we disconnect from it. Right. But when we disconnect. We
0: escape. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
1: But we're also then missing the signs of our body because our body is always speaking to us, and right. it is. For the most part, I'll put a disclaimer here for people who've experienced trauma, that's not always true. But for most of us, our body is always speaking the truth of our desires and the truth of our capacity. Mm. And so what happens is we listen to our brain and our shoulds that say, you know what, I should do that thing that I don't really want to do. And meanwhile, our body is feeling like heavy and our shoulders are closed. and our chest feels like there's a weight in it and our neck is tight. And we're like, yeah, but I've got to do it. I've got to do it. And everything in our body is saying, you don't have the energy for this. You don't have the desire for this. This is not in alignment with your authenticity. This is not in alignment with who you want to be. And we need to learn to listen to that, to be able to recognize that. And I'll give you a quick example. A few years ago, I had some friends who were starting a movement and they wanted help with like letterboxing, these flyers. And I was like, yeah, sure. I can go on like a nightly walk and drop some things around. And then before long, I realized like, it wasn't letterboxing. It was like this whole thing with like four hour shifts and a buddy system. And it was even door knocking, not letterboxing. And I was like, oh, hell no, this is not for me, right? This is not what I signed up for. I think most of us know that experience of this is not what I signed up for. Yeah. Yeah. And so everything in my mind was like, you should help them. You want to be a good friend. You should help them. You care about this thing that they're doing. You know, you, you can move that meeting. You can shuffle these things around and you can turn up there. You can make it work. You should. And every time I did that, my body felt closed, it felt heavy, it felt gray, you know, there was a sense of of pressure on it. The moment I asked myself, okay, what if I don't do this? What if I very respectfully say, I don't have capacity for this, that this isn't what I thought I signed up for, I'll recommend it to some other people, but it's not for me right now. I felt an expansiveness. I felt my chest open i felt the weight come off my shoulders i felt them drop down mm-hmm. i felt the tension come out of my jaw and my gums you know you felt the belly release and yeah. these are all signals that our body is speaking to us because right. we use right. things like trust your gut follow your heart there's a weight of the world on your shoulders uh you know there are, uh, feels like pain in the neck you know we use these expressions for a reason because our body is communicating So that reconnection is such a necessary point.
0: Right, sort of uh, holistic intelligence, right? Instead of mental intelligence or heart intelligence. But full body intelligence, I mean, you have to use everything, right? It's it's something that's been given to you, but uh, many of us haven't really developed that faculty of body intelligence, right? Listening to our body. And I mean, of course, there are reasons for that, you know, culturally, that's not encouraged you know we talk about mind at times we talk about heart and that's about it right but learning to listen to your body and trusting it i think that's also the important piece right when your body is saying don't do this we sometimes we may listen to it but we are we're afraid oh if i don't do this then that 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 but but to be able to trust that you know what there's a better way When you sort of follow that intuitive guide, you know, combine all of your faculties like body, mind, heart, spirit, I think, uh, you know, maybe slowly you kind of develop a rhythm and that actually translates into a good quality of life
1: yeah yeah i think particularly for women like we've also been very much taught not to trust our bodies you know that Mm. there's something wrong with them that they need Mm. need to be thinner that they need to be prettier that you know that we see them as like they've kind of been objectified a lot you know in our culture and so mentally there's a lot of distrust there of our bodies and i think it's the same for men but there's just a different element there that has existed for women in the cultural story and so reforming that trust that it is okay to listen to it again Mm. it's not an instant reconnection i wish it was but it's about learning to to follow it and to in little ways to reconnect and to trust it again because i agree the more we can do that we're so worried about external pressures but if we do this for long enough and we ignore our body for long enough and we just keep going down that path of burnout it's not a fun place to be you know, I, I guarantee you that's how you end up with autoimmune diseases it's how you end up sick all the time it's how you end up exhausted and hard to get out of bed more relationship conflict you know burnout mm-hmm. is not a, an easy place to be and that is what happens when we disconnect and we do not listen to the signs of our body
0: i agree i agree yeah yeah you have to start that journey and um, keep going and get some support there are people who have figured these things out and it helps when you have a community when you're part of a community who's on this journey with you you know you don't have to be alone someone like yourself right you're helping so many individuals interesting um okay i think uh, let's talk about uh, you know we have all these problems um you know in terms of burnout in terms of stress or all these issues that many of us go through culturally and it's it's very easy to take the blame upon ourselves completely and beat ourselves up. Mm -hmm. But the truth is that uh, it's a collective thing, right? It's, uh, of course, you have agency, you have power, you can do something about it, but it's not, you're not completely responsible for what happened to you. So we have to strike a balance between agency, taking responsibility to resolve whatever you're going through, and also uh, knowing the truth, about what this this whole thing is and also introduce the element of um, understanding compassion right love as you said so can you throw some light in that area
1: yeah you know one of the examples that i try to give is you know of a plant and you know I, i just call it a tomato plant because you know that's what was in my garden at some point that you know when we have a plant and it's kind of failing to grow and it's kind of straggly and small we don't blame the plant we don't look at it and say hey you know just tough it up just do it a bit better you know we don't like hey you know have you considered just like trying like that like meditation and like being a little bit more like the broccoli plant next door like what's wrong with you that plant's fine like what why can't you do this yeah we don't blame the plant instead we look to its conditions we look to the soil it has to the sunlight to the rain the quality of the nutrients and that that is the missing piece here so for us to stress And with burnout, we look to us as individuals and we frame it as an individual problem that, you know, Mm -hmm. you're burnt out and you're stressed. Like, have you tried just like meditating? Just, and, you know, if you like meditate and do this gratitude list, you can get more done even faster. Mm -hmm. You know, it's this really Mm -hmm. kind of toxic positivity spin on what is really amazing practices. Yes. So what we need to do is look to the fact of what are the conditions in our lives that are causing the stress and burnout what, what are the conditions we need to thrive you know and, and those conditions are things that we have agency over individually definitely within our families within our organizations within our choice of work our choice of communities but there are also things that collectively we need to look at so from a from a government level from a cultural level from um you know a, a wider community level as to are we actually on a path that makes us all happy Because as a world, I don't think we are. I don't think most people are really thriving and living their best lives. I think most people are just kind of trying to keep up. So what is it that would be different that could allow us to feel more creative, more relaxed, uh, more joyful, more present? And those are interesting questions to me, is that reframing that it's not all on us. We do have agency, but it's also about creating the conditions for us to naturally thrive
0: right 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 no, that's that's a very good example right if if the plant is suffering it's because of the conditions around that plant right like the sun exposure the the, the soil you know uh, do you have weeds right um of course as as human beings we have a little bit more agency than a plant but having said that uh, you know environment plays a huge massive role right so while while you are uh, doing the individual things which is a good thing right uh, meditation gratitude it's great uh, you also have to uh, take responsibility in terms of changing the environment right change change what you're getting exposed to right even even something as simple as what's your what's the what's your ritualistic mental food that you consume you know do you watch too much of uh, you know, negative stuff on the internet or whatever, right? Because that in, impacts too. Whatever goes in there, it, it 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 grows. It creates that story. Or am yeah.
1: I going to a job every day that I hate and yeah. that I really don't want to be in, and I'm not doing anything to change it because I think my oh, power right, 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 to right, change right. it at this point? Yes, but, yes. yeah. Small things and big things.
0: Small things and big things. Yeah. And at times, it it may not be. Most of the time, actually, it may not be possible to shift everything instantly, but. We can make incremental shifts, right? you know little, little little shifts in the in the in the positive direction, right and and over a period of time, we would have altered the course so much, right and uh yeah, it starts with that agency and you don't have to hit home run right away, but you have to start start that journey, right start doing yeah. something on this side, you know, develop some positive rituals because all these things they accumulate and they compound, right. And if if you're not able to get rid of all the but negative. But also remembering. You're saying something.
1: Yes. I think we've just frozen for one moment.
0: Oh, did I? Okay. There we go. <laughs> Interesting. Um, yeah. <you> know... <laughs> okay, okay. You're saying something. Just,
1: also just remembering as well that these are these are collective decisions too, right? So yes, there's the individual circumstances of our lives, but also asking this question of, well, what are the collective conditions? You know, France passed a law uh, last year, this year, I can't quite remember, that basically kind of uh, banned companies from emailing their employees outside of working hours, which imagine that in North America, right? It's It's a really big step. But to me, that's starting to look at, well, Burnout as a system problem, burnout as a collective issue of our culture, what are some of the collective decisions that we could make in our organization, in our families, in our communities, in my faith group, that better support each other. And, and that's the space as well. So it's us as individuals and going to our group, our people and saying, hey, how can we better look after each other? What would that mean? What would that look like?
0: right right, and if you're smart about creating the right environment around you in terms of let's say you read every day or you consume some some audio books right which is positive you have meditation rituals or you meet these groups or community or your coach uh on a regular basis that actually empowers you then then it it makes it so easier on you you don't have to do so much on your own because uh, because the accumulative effect of uh the impact that your environment has on you is is profound it's huge and over a period of time that compounds yeah.
1: and and and, and this, this doesn't people. have
0: to be it's... right right and and what i realize um I'm, I'm speaking from experience this doesn't have to be complicated you have got so many tools no matter who you are you've got so many tools right because uh, technologically we are advanced of course there's social media but at the same time you also have positive content you know you have the internet you have the books you know that that call costs almost nothing right um and um, and yeah you you can reach out to people whoever you want you have facebook communities you have facebook groups you have youtube so it's it's just about choice and it's about sticking to that thing on on a, on a daily basis and you do that long enough it, it accumulates and it compounds and if you're not able to Get rid of all the not so positive forces uh, in your in your world, at least you would have developed a counter force which is positive right at least you'll be able to give a good fight right so at least start building that positive force you know you, you might not be able to get rid of everything that's not appropriate in your environment, but at least you can start building the right things and let them accumulate gather momentum, become stronger so you at least have a strong yeah, positive because monster this isn't
1: a one-time thing right
0: it's it's not a one thing it's not an overnight
1: decision it's not yeah. like this is the thing it's always a practice and that is like it's the really unsexy work of doing this like we want to think this one big moment that we change everything and it's it's even when we have those big decisions there it comes the next day and you got to make the next decision and it's it's just that coming back to uh to what it is that we want to create
0: yes and you know if you want to live a sexy life, like sexy is in in true sense, worthwhile life, you're gonna to have to do a lot of non-glamorous, boring, cliched, old school, non-sexy work on a regular basis, right? Uh, and yeah, it's it's not something uh, everybody talks about because we think that we, you know, I'm gonna become this, um, this this celebrity, this star, this entrepreneur who's 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 doing all these awesome things, but. Yeah, of course, that's, that's, that's the final outcome which you see, but you don't see the journey, you know, uh, what it took to reach at that point. That's, that's, we only see the final result. It's a lot of grunt work. It's a lot of non-sexy, as you said, gla- non-glamorous work, but it's, it's the right kind of stuff that you do on a daily basis. Uh, uh, it, yeah, it, it, it works. It really works.
1: It's the decisions that make us happy. It is coming back every day to a compass within us that says, this decision feels right. This decision, is it feels good to me. Now, good yes. is not always comfortable, I will say that. Comfortable, like, you know, making decisions that feel good is often deeply uncomfortable because they go against everything that we've been told we're supposed to do. But they still feel good in some sense. And that's the work yeah. there, I think.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. It goes against social conditioning in many ways, yes. but if you listen to your true self, the soft voice, then it feels right at some level, even if not immediately, at least later, right? Uh, I think, yeah, that, 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 spiritual, that spirituality, you know, that, that sense of connection to your true self, your inherent, intrinsic values along the way, while, while we do all these things on a daily basis, is, is the key, I think, um, yeah. Very interesting. Um, Anyway, before we call it a day, uh, can you share a 10,000-foot view perspective for the listeners?
1: Mm. Well, what would that look like for you? What's your 10,000-foot view?
0: Wow. (laughs) Let me think. Well, my 10,000-foot view perspective in general is uh, so many a time when we feel stuck, when we think that there is there is there is no way out we are usually stuck in a in a box right we we don't see past a certain certain boundary or whatever it's a wall but there is always a higher perspective there's there's a 10000 foot view perspective that either you'll see many years later or somebody can show you to you that can completely transform your life. That's what I believe in. Mm -hmm. And that's why I started this podcast in the first place. Right? No matter how blocked you feel, because feeling blocked or lost, these are usually self-fulfilling prophecies that's based on a particular train of thought that you have persisted for so long that it feels real. And it's a real feeling. And you also, because, because you see the world as you are, not as the way it is, when you look, through that lens, you also find evidence to support your perspective, right? You'll see that this is not right because of that. And you're gonna find that perspective because you go looking for it, you see and you find. But there is a perspective, it's a very, it's a higher perspective, 10,000 foot view, 1,000 foot view or whatever, um, that can alter your life completely. That's what I believe in. So yeah, that's my 10,000 foot view perspective is that there is a 10,000 foot view perspective.
1: <laughs> I love that and I, I agree. I think my ten thousand foot view perspective would be that the self and the collective are intrinsically bound. You know that whatever we are doing wow. for ourselves, we are doing for the world. Whatever we are doing yeah. for the world, we are also doing for ourselves. We have to remember that culture mimics in us, it's and that's very, so-
0: very very powerful. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So our work is in looking at the toxic elements of culture, the things that do not work, that are not making us happy, that's not making anybody happy, that's leading to the climate crisis and so many of the crises that we face, and how do they play out in us? How are they affecting us? What can we do to get free? So for me, that's my view, self and collective intrinsically tied together.
0: That's, uh, that's very, very, very powerful. I mean, it sounds simple, but it's not. Thank you. Thank you so much, Laura. Uh, so where can people find you?
1: Ah, I mean, thank you so much. Uh, my website is laurahartley.com. I have programs regularly in healing, burnout culture and regenerative leadership. I also work with people one-on-one and I'm also on Instagram at laura.h.hartley. Perfect,
0: perfect, perfect. Uh, and all, all you ladies and gentlemen, you can also download a free guide to healing burnout cycles. Uh, on the website, I believe.
1: Yes, absolutely, you can.
0: Perfect. On that note, thank you so much. Until next time.
1: Amazing. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of 10,000 Foot View Podcast. I want to congratulate you for honoring yourself by standing out and investing in your personal growth and taking this step towards your next breakthrough. I would love to hear your thoughts about this episode. Do check out the show notes on the description for the details of the show along with links and offers. It would mean a world to me if you could leave a review about this episode in Apple. Before I head off, I want to remind you that you are extremely special and you have gifts and talents that you can use to unleash your best version and you are just one perspective away from unlocking your next level, I believe in you.